Cause it's a pain A destiny child You know it will be rocking Cause it's flipping insane It's just a pain A destiny child More precious than a diamond On a platinum chain Well, we're back For the first time in forever If forever to you is a week Which, you know, sometimes it feels that way Anyways this is the pick. I am Colin Westman. I am joined by John Otney and Sean Lemmy. And this week we are talking about the movie Frozen, which you may or may not have heard of and may or may not know. As a sequel coming out next week. Um, also, Disney Plus came out this week, and you know they they also really need the. The bump from us. <laughs> Got to get the word. Only out ten there. million users so far. Yeah, let's let's bring it to eleven. Dude, I saw this commercial for Disney Plus with The Simpsons dressed up as Disney characters, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this the is Simpsons- the biggest pile of corporate fuck that's ever existed. <laughs> the Simpsons—that's one of the big controversies of Disney Plus so far—is they're using the widescreen cropped versions of the Simpsons. See, episodes. but that's always been the problem because they, they do that on FX too. That's yeah. not a new problem. I that, I agree. It's like they're just being lazy. That's There's so many people who are like, "Oh my god, this is finally on Disney!" Like it was never anywhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess this is that pro- high profile that people are paying attention to everything. People are probably watching movies that people haven't watched in 50 years because they're on Disney Plus now. Yeah, that was kind of a weird thing that I think some people recognize the fact that Disney Plus probably has more older movies on it than like every streaming platform except Criterion, probably. Yeah, dude, we were looking through the catalog. Some of the most ridiculous sounding movies you'll ever hear. There's The Million Dollar Duck, uh, Bed Knobs and Broom Six. Ah, that's a classic. What else was there? The Computer Just... War Tennis Shoes. All the Herbie movies. There's like five Herbie movies. Benji the Hunted. Both versions of That Darn Cat. <laughs> the Cat from Outer Space. You know, all the classics that we really we're finally can finally enjoy. It's just funny. Like People are going to be watching this stuff, and like people have not thought about this in a long time. Yeah. Because that, that is kind of now a weird overlooked part of Disney's history is so many fucking weird... <laughs> live action kids movies they've made which they don't even like do anymore really all those kurt russell teenager movies you guys (laughs) ever hear about the last thing that walt disney ever wrote down Mm -mm. supposedly on his deathbed he wrote down kurt russell (laughs) (laughs) just the name he had plans but it's like it's not like kurt Kurt russell was already doing disney movies i'm not sure what the uh well actually no because because Walt Disney died in what, 66, maybe around there? That's kind of like right before Russ really took off. <laughs> or it's around the time. He knew. He knew. Just knew this kid. Saw him to something. I don't think even we knew. No. Knew. I mean, how could we? We were going to be alive for <laughs> 30 years. Anyway. I mean, like the collective, like, uh, like society. We as a society that we were not a part of yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, did you have something to say, Sean? No, I just, like, I believe in, like, the collective, like, history of humanity. Like, 
you can't just separate yourself from from parts of of history that you don't like. That's all us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use that as a segue into my little pick, but I guess I should probably say we're we're doing little picks now. Um, so my little pick for this week is a show that uh, dropped on Amazon. I don't know, a few months ago. It's called Undone. Um, it's a show that I was intrigued by just because it looked very interesting, just because it's done in this like rotoscopic animated style that reminds me of a couple of Richard Linklater movies, namely uh, Waking Life and A Scanner Darkly, where it's like the... They're like real actors in it, but they're kind of like painted over to make them look like, I don't know, moving paintings, basically. Um, it's created by uh, Raphael, Bob Waxberg, and Katie Purdy, or Kate Purdy, who worked on BoJack Horseman, because I guess I'm just getting into the <laughs> those BoJack-related shows, along with BoJack, which also came back uh, a week or two ago. Um, but just half came back. Yeah, only like six episodes. But uh, Undone, like uh, Sean's view of society, is about uh, this girl who can basically like... She starts experiencing time in a completely different, non-linear way after she gets into this uh, car accident. Um and she sees her father, who had died like 10 years before, who also is kind of instructing her how to uh, kind of shape time and control it, but also kind of guiding her while she's having these weird visions of seeing the future and the past. And it's like, it's a, it's a lot <laughs> from a conceptual standpoint, but the writing is pretty grounded in that it like it it still kind of shows the main character Alma like going about her life and also trying to deal with all the like mundane things like going to work and planning her sister's wedding but also like this weird crazy skill that she's now uh, been uh, endowed with um, and um, believe the the guy who directed all the episodes his name's hisko holsing i'm not familiar with him he's mostly just done animated shorts uh but i assume he had a good deal of uh i don't know influence on how the show looks because it just it, it looks <laughs> unlike anything else on television and uh but also the writing's good too it's not just like eye candy it's also like has an interesting story and lays the groundwork for uh what could be uh a pretty rewarding show i just don't know if it will get renewed it seems like a thing that amazon decided to give the green light to just as a fluke but we'll see jeff bezos doesn't care about this shit he's trying to make his lord of the rings this has Rosa Salazar, right? Ah, yes. It's got. We're the... just gonna never see her in live action ever again, yeah. huh? She's Alita, and now she's in this. She's just banished to the the cartoon or CGI realm. 
It's pretty weird because she's also playing like kind of realistic versions of what she looks like, but like slightly altered <laughs> digitally. <laughs> yeah, that is a weird thing to get typecast as. Two, okay, two more comments. This is a half hour show, right? Yeah. I'm so about that. I'm so about it. seems like Amazon Prime especially is is trying out these half-hour shows. Like last year they had Homecoming. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. I feel like you can really have fun with that, with the shorter format. So I'm definitely going to check this out because that sounds easy to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ooh. also, does it have the song Undone in it by the Guess Who? Mm, I don't think so. Ugh, okay, never mind. I'm not going to watch Sorry. That. I mean, it's possible it could have, and I just didn't notice because I don't know if I'm familiar well, I, the, with that. The song, song is spelled different. The song spells it U N D U N, which is a very cool way of spelling it. Done. Oh yeah. But yeah, I wanted to watch this show. I just haven't gotten around to it yet because I, mean, I feel like that's everyone's attitude about every single show on Amazon Prime. <laughs> there's there's oh, yeah, a lot of shows. There's just so much, and I feel like it just isn't advertised that heavily, except on Amazon Prime. I, I don't see a lot of ads for it online. Yeah. If I didn't watch Amazon Prime as much as I do, I wouldn't even know about this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who's going next? Uh, I guess I'll go. Right. Um, I'm not excited to talk about my pick, though, because it's too complicated for me to even speak about. Wow. Uh, I'll, go with the, I'll go with Death Stranding. It's the big game that came oh, out yeah. over the weekend. Colin, do you, have you heard of Death Stranding? I don't think so, but maybe... It's a it's a video game. It's it's by Hideo Kojima, who's oh, yeah, famous yeah. for the Metal Gear Solid games, very famous for his complex narratives and just ability to world build. And it's an incredibly huge cinematic game. It's got a lot of famous people in it, like Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen and Guillermo del Toro. Though he just serves as like the body as of a character, like they you know they use the sensors and stuff, but it's like a different guy doing a Guillermo del Toro impression. <laughs> Also, it has one of my favorite actors in it, Nicholas Winding Refn, director of Drive. <laughs> uh, oh, where do you even start with this game? Do I even attempt to explain it? So it's the future, and there's been all these explosions, and it killed a lot of people, and there's a bunch of whales that got stranded on the beach, and it's super cinematic and dark and cool. And are they just whale whales, or are they like... They're whale whales. Okay. And, and this, is, this is set in America. And with these explosions, we released these, uh, I guess they're kind of like ghosts. They're called BTs. They're like these shadowy monsters. Some people can see them. Some people can't. Some people can just sense them. So they're basically invisible. Does BT stand for something? Or are they just called I don't know. I'm not very far in the game. I don't know. There's BTs. And they want to consume bodies. And for some reason, in the future, now when someone dies... Their body explodes, creating a huge crater of black goo. So, like, there's people whose job is to take these bodies to giant incinerators far away from cities so they're burned properly and they're not attract BTs. 2019, still a year of black goo. (laughs) And the people that do this job are these future guys that are, like, couriers. They're porters. Uh, That's what your character is. Norman Reedus plays Sam Porter Bridges. Bridges is also the company he works for. So in the future... The company you work for is now your last name. <laughs> and basically, since it's so fucking dangerous with all the phantoms everywhere, there's people that just travel from city to city delivering medicine and all sorts of packages. 
Uh, and that's what the gameplay basically is. Your Norman Reedus character carries a bunch of boxes on his back like a FedEx guy or something and has to not drop them and also not get killed by the phantom ghosts. And uh, going from city to city. It's the United Cities of America because so much of the country is blown up. They've just banded off cities now. One last detail that's fun to include. Uh, also, to help see the ghosts for people that can't, you can get a thing called a BB, which is a baby that is unborn in a jar, and you attach it to yourself through some sort of synthetic umbilical cord. And the thing is, since this baby has not yet been born, it can see the BTs. So what it does is it hooks to your body, and then it powers like a lamp thing on your shoulder that shines around you to see the shadow monsters and helps you sneak around them. It's basically like a stealth adventure game, but also open world, and uh, there's a bunch of other crazy shit I haven't got into. <laughs> yeah, the, like there's all the gameplay elements uh, are centered around walking around, right? Like they, they, it's more deep into that than any other game before. Like you have to think about like how you organize your backpack and distribute. Yeah, weight. it's kind of interesting. And some people hate that because all you just walk over a rough patch of rocks, you drop all your shit, it gets damaged. You make your delivery. You're like, fuck, my package is all fucked up. Thanks a lot, asshole. Uh, so yeah, it's all about strategy and being super careful and consistent. And I don't know, it's it's stressful, but it's also it's interesting. It's an interesting motivation. It's not a game kind of gameplay that I've really explored before. But it freaks me the fuck out because these phantoms, these BTs, are scary as fuck. When they attack you, this big black pile of goo, a lot of goo in this game, like forms around you, and all these arms start reaching out and trying to pull you into the goo. And whose arms are they? The, the BT's arms, or maybe people they've killed too, and there's like black goo whales that swim through the the goo. Ooh, I like whales because they're big. And like I don't even know any. Like I've described the game, but I don't really understand what's going on. <laughs> and I've, I've barely scratched the surface. It's like a seventy hour game. Hmm. Probably like two, three hours. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna take a while. Wow, well, it sounds like you've experienced so much already. <laughs> well, that's the thing about Kojima is he's like. I'm not just going to show you something. I'm going to show you it, and then I'm going to explain it for like 20 minutes in a cutscene. <laughs> Very overly detailed. Oh, also, a lot of monster energy drink placement in the game. <laughs> like, it heals you when you drink it. <laughs> so, glad we got that in there. Are, are his shoes branded? Does he wear branded shoes? I don't think so. There's a weird ad for a Norman Reedus show in like a in like one of the rooms <laughs> at one point. I didn't understand that. It's like, what? So in this world, Norman Reedus also exists as an actor? <laughs> and his shows from now are on in the future? Yeah, like, I thought this was the future. You're, ta- you're advertising a show from the past? Just a it's rerun. so confusing. But yeah, no, if you like really crazy cinematic experiences, like, it's the game for you. It's like a big movie. It should have been a movie or a miniseries, but it's a game. So I'll take it. <laughs> That's all he knows how to do. Yeah. Kojima, he's a true innovator. Gotta respect him for that, even if it doesn't all work. Speaking of trying to innovate and it not working out, let's talk about something that did not innovate. Uh, I I feel like we need to talk about it, because the the last episode we did on Universal Soldier, I did... uh, I know I left people hanging at the end. Was Am I going to go see uh, Terminator Dark Fate or not? I did. I I did. (laughs) I, I went and saw Terminator Dark Fate. And it was bad. So, is so this you're, a, you're not picking it. Is this an anti-pick? 
I guess it's an anti. It's like the time that I didn't pick Bicentennial Man. <laughs> yeah. Because I need to talk about it. Okay. Um, first of all, for our uh, listeners that tuned in last week, I, w- I want to say there are a couple interesting parallels between Universal Soldier and uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Um, one of which is that uh, the Super Soldier, uh, who in this movie is played by Mackenzie Davis, uh, is a is a someone who uh, died and then was put back together as a super soldier. And also, after they've been fighting for a while, they overheat and they need to be given an ice bath. Like, hmm. That's pretty funny, the ice bath part. Like, the first part, like, that's, they already did that in Turn of Salvation, but still, yeah. It's funny. Uh, but later on, they're like, well, we can just give her, like, a shot. It's like a medicine cocktail. So they only do one ice bath. Okay. Important thing is they did it. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of funny because they like throw ice on her while she's in a bed, and one of the characters is like, "Why didn't you put her in a bath or something first? Just gonna make a mess." Great, hilarious. I mean, this is the guys that made Deadpool. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other big parallel with Universal Soldier is there is a scene where characters are dropped from a plane into the Colorado River. And then make their way into the Hoover Dam for a big fight scene. It's just what you gotta do. Yeah, I mean, Transformers did it, so that's at least three things. The Hoover Dam scenes. But yeah, um, so I come at Dark Fate from the perspective of someone who... Uh, loves the first two Terminator movies. Liked Terminator 3, but I can't, I'm not sure I've ever seen it a second time. I think I might have only seen it the one time in theaters when I was a, a child. Um, and then totally skipped out on the last two Terminator sequels. So I understand for some people, uh, Dark Fate might be like a bit of a return to form because they watched whatever those dreadful last couple movies were and already been through the disappointment of a movie just throwing its predecessors under the bus. Uh, But I hadn't. Um, I was really disappointed with the opening scene of Dark Fate, which, I mean, it's the opening scene, but I guess it is a spoiler, so uh, sorry. Skip ahead. Uh, Skip it two minutes. It, it, the movie opens with uh, it's 1998, and young John Connor and young Sarah Connor are in Mexico, having prevented Judgment Day, like at the end of Terminator 2. And Arnold walks up, and he just kills John Connor immediately. He just walks up with a shotgun and blasts him. Um. Which is such a disappointing thing to do because, like, all of Terminator 2 is getting that boy out of situations where someone's trying to shoot him. And and now this one's like, well, all the T-1000 had to do was, like, wait a little bit until Sarah Connor's getting a drink. And then he could have easily killed John Connor. I, 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 it's, it's just a really sour note to begin your movie on. Uh... Killing a kid. And then it actually, 
Yeah, killing a kid, but also killing like the kid. <laughs> they, we worked so hard to keep alive, uh, and and from there it actually does kind of like win you back a little bit because it totally drops uh, Sarah Connor and everything, and it fast forwards to like modern day. You know, it's 2019. You're you're still in Mexico. Uh, it's like this factory where everyone's losing their jobs to robots, and you're, you're introduced to this. Uh, this family, uh, where the 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 main character uh, that needs to be protected, Natalia Reyes, the actress, uh, is working, and she's like advocating for humans to keep their jobs. Uh, but this uh, Terminator comes back, played by Gabriel Luna, the guy who played Ghost Rider on Agents of Shield, and he's trying to kill her. And Mackenzie Davis shows up, and she's trying to protect her, and she's a human, but she can fight like a Terminator. Um, it's cool and it's exciting um, Gabriel Luna can do a thing where his uh, human form can turn into black goo and then reform off of his Terminator skeleton but he still has a Terminator skeleton so he can be in two places at the same time um, and then Sarah Connor comes back and she's an old lady and she's just like fuck this i hate everything fuck 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 um, <laughs> and that's the whole rest of the movie is is just sarah connor being bitter and angry and not getting along with the two other women and them trying to evade the terminator uh, it's very safe and like the other two terminator movies i've seen where it's just how do we out out uh outrun this guy and then eventually like oh we can kill him in a, in a kind of contrived way and Arnold comes back too and that part's like it's fine but it's also kind of dumb uh, I imagine it's more dumb if you watched two other movies where Arnold also came back <laughs> which I, I believe is true right he's like come back in all of them hasn't he Yeah, it's kind of like how on Halloween they had Jimmy Lee Curtis come back a couple times but now those don't matter yeah it's um just they wanted to do something new and they also wanted to finish off these characters and they didn't do any of it satisfying um i don't know i i like like i said i can imagine like being like oh this actually isn't that bad but i did not have the life experiences (laughs) i don't live in that timeline where that's the case i still kind of want to see it it seems like i know a handful of people who say it's pretty good so well, why do you think people um, enjoy it so much, but but you didn't enjoy it, and some other people don't enjoy it? Um, maybe you're a big fan of bitter old people saying fuck a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's why people love Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I feel like if I had made the mistake of watching the other two Terminator sequels that I hadn't seen... Terminator 4 and Terminator 5. Maybe I'd be more positive about this one. Yeah, I know I've I've seen 4, so that'll be it'll be interesting to when I finally get around to watching Dark Fate. Won't touch 5 with a 10-foot um, extendable robot arm. I'm, I'm not touching that. I was trying to think of like you remember when Terminator 2 when he turns his arm into a big metal spike, but I didn't know what to call that. But yeah. It has a dumb subtitle. It's called Terminator Dark Fate. 
That's all you need to know. They definitely mentioned the word fate a lot in Terminator 2. I'm sure they were just kind of watching it and writing down words. Yeah, there you and, go. and in Terminator 2, they're like, there is no such thing as fate. And then this one, they're like, actually, there is fate. There's inevitably going to be something that's that's basically Skynet. <laughs> is that the tagline? That whole thing you just said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, there is fate. <laughs> the format Skynet. <laughs> I guess I was pretty cold on that movie, but <laughs> I thought you were gonna transition and talk you about Frozen. Well, I figured you're the host, Con. It sounded like he was tossing you a, a softball there. Uh, you know, I don't want to finish Sean's sentence for him. He well, he clearly like it stopped for a space for you to say. Just okay, like okay, okay. I just thought Colin, he was Colin, 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 shut yeah. up, shut up. Yeah, what? Are you ready? What? I'm going to toss you a softball. Are you ready? Okay. Let's talk about something Elsa. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you could have made that even better if you said snowball. Uh, this this isn't working. We should just let it go. I, I think you're right. Uh, so frozen. I'm just going for some Olafs. Mm-hmm. It's like can somebody Sean give is, me a is batting one thousand right now. Okay, he's doing amazing. Thanks for giving me a hands there, John. Colin, stop him! I just made <laughs> he's that. Become joke. too powerful. Oh. Sean's just. So I took my headphones off. I'm, <laughs> oh, I took my headphones off. I'm standing up. I'm doing stand up comedy right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Is there brick wall? We're never going to get to this. We're never going to get to this. <sighs> All right, what's going on? Frozen. Okay, so. Summer in the city of Arendelle. It couldn't be warmer, it couldn't be sunnier. But that's about to change forever. Arendelle. It's completely frozen. Cold, 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 cold. A real howler in July. Yeah? The land's covered in eternal snow. Really? If we don't do something soon, we'll all freeze to death. You want to talk about a problem? I sell ice for a living. Ooh, that's a rough business to be in right now. I mean, I picked Frozen because it is a movie that I had never seen even though it is immensely popular. And, I don't know, that's, that's not something I get to experience that often. I feel like I usually go see most of the popular movies that people like, even though most of the time they're just Marvel or Star Wars movies. I guess there are Disney. a lot. Disney. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of, you know... Disney movies that make a lot of money, but it doesn't seem like anybody's ever that excited about them anymore. Like fucking Lion King or Beauty and the Beast. Everybody just like, yeah, they're fine. You know, whatever. Uh, and it is interesting that this movie was so big and it's not it's not a sequel. It's not uh, really based on a, a, a property that people know. I didn't even know that this was based on... Uh, Hans Christian Andersen story before I watched it. I thought it was just an original thing, which, you know, it could have been. Wreck-It Ralph's not ah. based on anything. 
I think it's like pretty loosely based on. The oh, Snoke it definitely is. I, I saw. Yeah, I, I read the synopsis for it, and it it could be its own original story. Honestly, like just the presence of a Snow Queen and the fact that um, there's a kiss that like breaks a spell at the end is really the only thing it seems to have in common with uh, with the Snow Queen. Yeah, and that's not even from that. That's from Shrek. Yeah, it's could have just been an adaptation of Shrek. I've got a question for you guys. When yeah. when do you think was the last time you met a person who had never seen Shrek in their life? I think for me it was the year two thousand two. I think every person I've ever met since then has seen Shrek. Yeah, me too. I can't think of ever talking to someone who's you know I haven't gotten around to it yet. That's, that's never a conversation that's happened. Everyone has seen Shrek by now. It's weird though, because who's you think anyone's still watching Shrek? No one talks about Shrek. No one seems to love. Like, Shrek. do they put that on in like a in like a doctor's office for kids? Uh huh. Like, I don't even think that. Oh man, I think you're right. I think I'm not going to meet an older person that hasn't seen Shrek. I think the next person I'm going to meet who hasn't seen Shrek will be in a few decades, and it'll be a child. I wonder if my nephew's has uh, seen Shrek. I bet he's seen Shrek. I bet he saw it in the form of like memes on a GIF website. Yeah, a lot of kids are pretty uh, internet savvy, so I'm sure they'll discover this stuff through that that way. Hopefully they don't discover Frozen through all the scary online Frozen games. <laughs> Do you guys know about those? I don't. You don't? No. Well, on the darkest parts of the internet, there's some uh, people have created like all sorts of mini-games, like Flash-type games, where it's like, remove Elsa's teeth. It's always yeah. disgusting stuff like that. There's whole websites dedicated to this stuff. Why would I want to remove Elsa's teeth? Because this is like this is like dark internet. This stuff, isn't okay? old boy. She doesn't have information I need. I wonder if there's a name for those kind of games. Yeah, Elsa tooth injury. Elsa <sighs> real dentist. There's multiple Elsa tooth removal games. <laughs> what happened to the good old days where you were just taking their clothes off? Now you gotta take their teeth out. <laughs> Sad times, man. That just goes to show how popular these characters are. Yeah. <laughs> that they're... When you get to that far down the list of things you want to do to a person. And it's interesting for me because when I saw Frozen in theaters, it was before all the hype. You know, I just saw it mm. because it seemed like a fun thing to take my, my nephew to. Yeah. And we saw it. And I was like, oh, that was fine, I guess. Uh, and But I remember saying, like, eh, there wasn't really any songs that really stuck out to me, though. It's crazy, because now I feel like it's got one of the most famous Disney songs of all time. It's funny, back then it didn't register with me. I didn't dislike the songs. I did dislike the troll songs. I hate the trolls. We'll get into that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it didn't make much of an impact on me. And that's it's interesting, because there's some more recent Disney CGI, I don't know how they label these non-Pixar ones, but there's been some certain films in that category that I really liked. Like, I really like Tangled. I really like Big Hero 6. I think those are both better than this. But this one is the monster hit. And I'm wondering why. I think it's mostly the songs. Maybe it's the simplicity of it. I'm not sure. But there's something about Frozen that really struck a chord with everyone. But that didn't happen with Tangled. I wonder if we'll unravel that. So I guess I could go through a bit of the background of this movie since it did, I don't know, it did come at like a weird time in Disney's history, it seems like. And also it seems like the genesis for Frozen dates back to like 
before Disney had even gotten into making feature films. Because I guess wow. they were thinking of adapting a bunch of Hans Christian Andersen stories into like one biographical movie. Um, but really the only one of them that ever eventually turned into a full-length feature film was The Little Mermaid. And uh, so it's like this idea for a Snow Queen film seems like it had been kicking around in the 40s, 50s, and then later resurfaced uh, in the 90s. Looks like Harvey Fierstein once pitched a version of it to Disney executives. Never really got off the ground. Um, And then, you know, in, in... Late 90s, early 2000s, Pixar became kind of like the big thing in Disney. And so uh, I think a hand-drawn animation version of The Snow Queen was what it was always intended. And then that just never happened. And then you had a few little hits from uh, from Disney animation uh, like Tangled and Wreck-It Ralph, um, which were like decent hits, it seemed like. But I don't think they were expecting Frozen to be like this huge cultural phenomenon. I think they were just figuring it would do as well as Tangled. But then it, yeah, it was like this huge thing. And now it's to the point now where you almost feel like people don't really care whether it's a Pixar movie or a Disney Animation Studios production. Uh, Possibly also in part because Pixar hasn't been as great the last few years though they have their moments i suppose like inside out or the last toy story was pretty good but well and also well with like john lester involved in everything and pixar being bought by disney uh i don't know more than a decade ago now yeah the, the the line really becomes blurred at like at what sort of differences there are between Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you, you definitely got a sense when watching the Pixar movies, or at least the first few, that they didn't they didn't feel like Disney movies, really. Like, this feels like a Disney movie, but with Pixar, you're always getting original stories. Sometimes, uh, I don't know, just, just like peculiar stories that you wouldn't expect to be delivered to a mass audience but frozen definitely feels like it's walking in the footsteps of like the the classic animated disney films and that's fine that it that it feels very familiar but i suppose it also kind of makes it feel less risky than 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 the pixar stuff I think especially the beginning of the movie feels like classic Disney uh, animated musical. Uh, the, the like the very beginning with the um, like the ice, ice guys collectors, yeah. Who like we don't really meet them. They sort of implicitly abandon that boy, but we don't know like what their deal was really. But I, I just, just like just a. I think it's just kind of setting a tone, a mood, I guess. Yeah. It's just burly men working outdoors, singing all low. Yeah. They want you to know it's cold in this place. Oh, yeah. But just in this part, because it's like summer elsewhere. Yes. Yeah. 
confusing. It made it very confusing because they keep talking about it being summer, but they're also like harvesting ice and stuff. It's like, come on, guys. I'm not that smart. <laughs> Can't keep track of these things. I mean, they're probably in higher elevations, maybe. I, I you know, you brought up that they've been trying to make this for like a hundred years. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think what other animated movies are set majority in a snowy or wintry location. What movies? Animated movie? movies that are animated movies that are heavy on the winter elements. Balto. Okay, Balto's one. Anastasia. I haven't seen Anastasia. Is uh, what's that? The Penguin movie. Pebble and the Penguin. Is that? Snowy? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I vaguely remember that. I'm sure there's some more too. I got three. I, I, I feel like this is making your point though, because like we barely know what these movies are. Yeah, and I'm just wondering if maybe it's like like it's super hard to convincingly do snow or make it interesting mm. uh, in conventional animation. Because as soon as we got into CG, boom, Ice Age movies, boom, Penguins of Mad- Madagascar. Is that an ice movie? Uh, I think I'm more thinking of Happy Feet. Right? Yeah, the, the, Penguins yeah, Madagascar Happy Feet. are from they, they're in Madagascar, which is not a snowy just, place. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder. That, that was all. I agree. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, you're, I mean, I yeah, I do wonder if it's easier to animate in uh, in CG where you have yeah. more limitations than uh, than hand drawn animation. What are you talking about? You just you draw it. You just put on a white piece of paper. And then yeah, but it's not going to look paper. interesting. <laughs> Anyway, right, I thought we... you were gonna give us the plot. Give us the plot. I'm so this bad movie. at giving the plot, though. I always need Sean's help. You need to take the plot. Yeah, take the plot. Okay, so the, there's the ice dudes. Uh, what's what's? The, uh, then we get introduced to Anna and Elsa. These, uh, well, I guess, I guess they're basically princesses. I mean, their they are. family seems like royalty, and. Uh, Early on, it's introduced that uh, Elsa has this uh, power to make things all icy. D- does she touch uh, Anna early on? Is that what happens? No, she, she gets... murks her. She shoots her out of the sky. Anna's like hopping around as she makes these snow mounts for her to jump on. Oh, that's right. And uh, she can't make them fast enough, and she and she and she kind of wings her, or like she like she's like falling, and she tries to save her, and instead like hits her in the head. Right, yeah, Something like that. Because the troll later is like, uh, you could be talked out of an injury to the head, but injuries to the heart. Yeah, they know right away to go to the trolls because yeah. uh, this this movie is uh, has its basis in uh, Norwegian. I was going to say Norse mythology, but it feels weird. To say. I guess it is, hmm. but uh, Norwegian fables and whatnot because trolls are a big part of that. Even though I believe this is in a a, a fictional. Uh, um, place called Arendelle. I don't remember that from the movie, but I read that right now. <laughs> and the trolls, they don't actually, do they actually do anything magical or do they just give advice? No, he does magic that makes her not be dying and instead have cool rogue hair. Cool rogue hair. But uh, <laughs> what the, the parents take away from this is that uh, Elsa is too dangerous. She can't really control her powers. They should separate the children um, and they, sh- they should live... Uh, with a, a locked door between them in mm-hmm. different parts of their castle. Yeah, apparently never even leaving the castle. 
it sounds like a pre- I feel like they're pretty shitty parents but then Sean reminded me it's like yeah but these are like these are like uh, fable fairy tale parents I'm like yeah they're, fairy tale parents are always terrible right they don't, they're not good parents <laughs> fairy tale parents always make one decision in the spur of the moment and then they have to live with it for like a decade yeah <laughs> Uh, so the kids grow up uh, isolated from each other, and Anna uh, is always trying to get Elsa. Oh, and the other thing about the spell is they uh, erased Anna's awareness that Elsa has powers. So mm. okay, so because then it gets to their 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 montage over the years growing up, her singing the "Do you want to build a snow snowman?" song. Yeah, because she but remembers she f- that they used to do that, but not that she was making the song. Okay, I I missed that. Okay. So, so, uh, so for her, she's like, this is so weird. I just stopped being able to see my sister one day for no reason. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up, right? I mean, it was mm-hmm. fucked up times. Yeah. <laughs> you get away with some fucked up shit back then. I actually really like the Do You Want to Build a Snowman song. It's it's a song yeah. that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. But now it's like, yeah, it is really catchy. It's really nice. It's very classic 80s, 90s Disney. Yeah, I think my only problem with this stretch of the film is that there, it's like three songs in a row that are all Kristen Bell songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it feels weird to me for them to be separate songs but lined up so close to each other like that. It, it's almost like, it, not exhausting, but maybe tiring <laughs> to, to just be like, oh, here she goes again, another one. So you're talking about this, the Prince song, and was there a song in between that? or is the, there... the like first time in forever and people are coming to town. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. First time in forever. And, like, yeah, like, but individually they're memorable and, like, pretty good songs. But as a whole, it's like, oh, man. Can't <laughs> someone else sing a song real quick? <laughs> and, again, it's, I'm not trying to, like, I think Kristen Bell is singing well. I think the songs are good. It's just, it's... It feels weird to me that no one else got a song in between those ones. Or almost like they don't trust the movie to to carry you through it without doing it as a song. Yeah. But the movie's not sung through, so it's just that part of the movie. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to keep things moving. Yeah. I mean, it is fairly front-loaded with songs. I feel like there isn't really in the like back half. There's maybe one at the end before the ending credits, but like the last. Uh, there's that the great fixer upper song by the trolls. Ugh, fucking trolls. We'll get. We'll talk more about. That I think that's the last song in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they ended it. Um, yeah, there's, this doesn't have a bad guy song, does it? Well, yeah, it doesn't. It's, really, not, it's not like when spoiler alert Hans uh, is reveals himself that he sings a bad guy song, which is. Pretty disappointing. I haven't been yeah. this disappointed since they cut Jafar's song from Aladdin. <laughs> Supposedly, Jafar had a song. I wonder if that exists anywhere. I would love to hear Jafar sing. There's been some great villain songs in Disney history. I mean, be, be prepared. prepared. Uh, I don't Hellfire. actually. I was just gonna go to Hellfire. I don't really don't like Hellfire. It's you don't like Hellfire? It's just weird. It's so. Have you ever Hellfire from Hunchback of Notre Dame? Sort of. Hellfire! <laughs> about that, like, monk priest guy is yeah. about how he can't have sex with the gypsy. Yeah. <laughs> and he fucking hates God for it. And I was like, what kid's enjoying this sequence? <sighs> Me. <laughs> Does, Judge Frollo. Uh, Man Like You, or whatever the full title, the, the Jungle Book, I want to be a... I want to be like you. I want. Is that a villain? Song? Is that a villain song? Because that would be my favorite villain song. If uh, that one counts. Sure, I guess. Oh, I love that song. He's, I think he's playing the the leaf 
guitar. Yeah, and he yeah. has to hit the little it's monkey a good one. with it. I think my favorite villain song is "Bored Unfortunate Souls." <laughs> that one scares the shit out of me. Ursula, <laughs> top tier, number yeah, one. She's Disney a freaky, villain. freaky shit. She gets all big. She has to get killed by a ship. Uh, spoiler yeah, alert! Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert for movie cat in like 1989. <laughs> uh, Oh yeah, let's let, let's let's get back on track. So they're growing up, and uh, eventually we uh, lead up to what's going to be Coronation Day. Oh, before that, I'm not sure when it happens, but the parents die. I the think that's in the uh, montage for "Do You Want to Build a Snowman?" Yeah, they go on a ship and it sinks, and then they put a black drape over their their painting. Very sad. Uh, even though I think they're shitty parents. I mean, they didn't deserve to die, but seriously, seriously though. You can't separate your kids like that. Shitty parents. Okay. But they're dead, so it's okay. Uh, and <laughs> God, what was coming to them. <laughs> God, what was coming to them. And, uh, yeah, and then they are um, also nannered, I guess, adults or close to it. Uh, and Elsa is going to be the new queen. And Anna's really excited because the coronation means she's going to get to see her sister again. And things are going to be like they once were. But as we saw from the montage beforehand, from Elsa's point of view, her powers are getting more and more out of control. Very very, very X-Men vibes for me. She can't control her ice powers. <laughs> All whole portions of her, her, her side of the castle are frozen over. Mm-hmm. So she's really freaking out that she's going to screw this up and just cause um, havoc over Arendelle. Uh, yeah, the, the one of the last things her parents did was tell her to conceal, don't feel. So she's like trying to shut herself off from the world emotionally as well as being physically shut off. So let's talk Super about cool. Let's talk about the coronation. A bunch of uh, of dukes and, and and royalty from other countries uh, mm-hmm. visit Arendelle, which is like an island. It seems very isolated. Yeah, yeah. but everybody wants to like do trade with them or something. It's like a, yeah, it's a hot spot. For, uh, for something. For everything. They got the best ice. Uh, one of the uh, more prominent uh, characters is the Duke of Wesselton. Uh, Duke Weaselton. Oh, you? that's the joke. Uh, it's Alan Tudyk playing, doing a quirky old guy who thinks he's he's got a chance at wooing one of these ladies. Alan Tudyk has done such a good job of like just cashing in on Disney. <laughs> yeah. It's like cashing in. He got in there and he just he locked in. Well, what do you think of this performance and of this character? I think it's a, f- a fine performance of a character that they never like decided how much of a threat he was. He did seem like there's a, there's a point where I was like, is this a villain? Yeah, because he sent <laughs> goons to kill Elsa, but then it didn't matter. And then at the very end, they're like, "You're not coming back," and he's like, "But why?" And that's it. Colin, you a fan of the Duke of, of Weaselton? Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, that was okay. With him. But yeah, it didn't seem like they knew what to do with him. Yeah. I mean, not making their mind up is kind of my problem with this whole movie. I, I know it went through extensive rewrites, uh, not even over the century it was in development, but in the immediate time that they were actually putting the film together, I believe they were still planning on Elsa ending up being the villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was like only as they were getting into the final revisions that they changed their mind and were like, what if we make this about family and the bond between sisters and uh, sort of upend fairy tale tropes, uh, like, like having two characters fall in love and decide to get married within hours of meeting each other. 
Oh, yeah, Hans. We should talk about Hans. Which, that's good, but it's also... You can feel it in the movie. It feels it feels sloppy. There's some underlying sloppiness. A little bit, yeah. So Santino Fontana plays Hans, who's a prince from the Southern Isles. And I guess the connection he makes with Anna, because they hit it off at the coronation, is that they're both kind of like an overlooked sibling, I suppose. They're also kind of clumsy. Yeah, that's... And they didn't really give Anna a lot of tricks. She's clumsy, and she kind of lives in the shadow of her sister a little bit. Uh, just like uh, Hans has like nine brothers or something. Yeah. So he's... That, that first scene is a great misdirect because uh, it, they make it seem like Hans is like good buddies with his horse, mm-hmm. like they like we'll see later with yeah with Sven, um, and and he's like goofy and he and he's clumsy and he gets like he gets pushed into the water. It's it's very much like this is this is what it would have been like if Aladdin was in this scene, but. Instead, it's the villain. It's it is good misdirect. I never would have guessed that uh, in this kind of movie. I would have guessed if it was a Pixar movie because Pixar always does the thing where it's like, you know, this guy you like, he's actually the villain. Yeah. <laughs> they do that all the time, like every movie. Yeah. The nicest person in the first act is always the villain in the third act. <laughs> but the Hans twist is, is nice. Didn't see it coming in this one. They sing a song together. It's, it's fine. Um, not, I don't remember that one as well as the other ones, but it's good. And then yeah, let's let's get to the the, the coronation. Elsa's uh, getting cor- coronated, come the queen, uh, and things don't go so well. Uh, what what is it that sets her off exactly? Is there anything in particular? She has to hold the stick and the ball without her gloves on. Stick is it? Stick is it like a scepter? It's like a scepter. It's a se- the stick and the ball. <laughs> the stick and the ball. <laughs> she has to hold the scepter. The holy hand grenade and. The magic wand. So she has to touch something. She, you know, she usually wears gloves, tries to avoid touching anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess she can't handle it and starts freaking out, starts freezing everything. The, the oh, time. you're talking about later. In this scene, she just freezes those things and then she puts okay. them back down. Okay. I was trying to remember when... Uh, <laughs> you're talking about at the ball. It's the ball. Where she... Uh, Coronation ball. I don't know. It's the party. The, uh, Anna so and Hans tell Elsa okay. that they've decided to get married. And Elsa's like, that's fucking dumb as shit. You guys just met. <laughs> I guess in my mind it's the same event. <laughs> no, 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 There's like a love montage in between. I think that's when the song is. Where yeah. they're like, love yeah. song. Okay. By The Cure. Um, <laughs> and so she's like freaking out because it's dumb. it's dumb that they're getting married because they've known each other for like 16 minutes. Mm. Um, and she like freezes the whole room in her emotional outburst. And then she like runs outside and she starts freezing everything and like fountains get all sharp and they're like coming at people. It's a pretty cool kind of freaky scene. And she uh, she gets away by doing that cool thing where she goes over the water by making yeah. ice platforms or some she's traveling by ice somehow. I can't yeah. remember exactly. And that's real bad because those little footsteps she leaves end up like freezing the whole uh, fjord. Yeah, and all the dukes are trapped. They need to get back to trading in, in whatever they do. Yeah, they're stuck in this ice palace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's it. Yeah. She like the 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 lingering effect of her finally like letting out all this pent up magic is it's like gets colder and colder in in town. Mm-hmm. She's like freezing over the whole kingdom, and she's she just ghosts out of there. She lets it go. Yeah. She does let it go. Colin? Yeah? You're the only one who hadn't seen the movie before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
were you like waiting for when the let it go scene was going to come yeah pretty were you much surprised it's as early as it is um no it felt about right I mean, it's not that early. It's probably, what, a half hour into a 90-minute movie? That's when you really want to hook people with your hit breakout song. Does it uh, negatively affect your perception of that song to know that um, that song is the reason Olaf exists? Because we see Olaf get made during this song. That's the reason. We do? Yeah. Oh, is it is it like by accident, sort of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, Olaf's not great, but he could he could have been worse, I suppose. I don't know. How do you guys feel about Olaf? We're already getting to, we've barely even scratched the surface of "Let It Go." What's there to scratch? You're talking about it's Olaf. An iconic song. I don't know. Okay, it's an iconic song. Okay, a couple things. Iconic song. Uh, I do like it. It's just, I think when this movie came out, it was overplayed. Yeah. I think Idina Menzel really knocks it out. Or as John Travolta calls her, Adele Mazine or whatever. Adele Mazine. Adele Mazine. <laughs> she does a great job. Uh, what I don't like in this, that's, it's not the songs of all, the song's great. It's uh, what happens in the sequence is we see Elsa make herself, um, well, not only does she make Olaf, but she also makes herself a new ice dress and ice cape. Mm-hmm. What is that material? Is that ice? What? What? She just has magic of any it's kind now. Very fine, silky. What you gonna do next? Make a sack lunch? Yeah, maybe. So, okay. Are, you want to go there, John? <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. Let go. So let's, let's let's think about this. Let's think about what what her power is. Right? Yes. She can create ice. What does that mean? She's probably pulling the latent. Uh, hydrogen and oxygen particles out of the air, right? And and re and she's uh, performing alchemy on the air. Sure, she's pulling the water yes. out of air and freezing it. So not only can she change the shape of matter, she can change its temperature. She is a god. She has basically unlimited control over the universe. So why couldn't she make a dress? I've never seen ice that malleable or that can move in that way like a cape it doesn't it doesn't it can't exist I mean, and then it's she, not ice it's something else at that point i mean she's had a long time she makes an ice cape to work on her powers she, but it's it's not even does she she's wearing a gown and she transforms the particles that make up that gown into a different form i feel like that is not defined as her power her power is that she shoots ice if they gone more into the alchemy of it okay i'd buy it but I'm not buying that she can make these other things just by pulling moisture out of the air because we don't know the full extent. In of her the power. same song, she creates life. I know out that of makes nothing. that makes even less sense. <laughs> just because something's cold, it's now alive. Yeah. What is he? How does he die? Because he can take off his head. Is he a more? Oh, I guess he melts. He would melt. Like but even Frosty then, the like, what man. part is the living part? Oh, what's the core of Olaf? What's the core? Maybe there's a core inside that we don't... Because there's a part later where... Um, I don't want to jump ahead too much, where Elsa freezes Anna's heart. So maybe he's got like an ice heart in there. Probably. But it seems like he's a head and his body sort of has its own thing. So maybe it's an ice brain. Okay. <laughs> because ice there are a few times where his body goes off in a different direction. And he's like, oh dear, I don't like this. This is free. This makes me think about how like Mr. Potato Head is actually like living parts and not like a potato. Remember that? Yeah, I mean, that's 
when he becomes <laughs> Mr. Peter Man. This is freaky, man. <laughs> Olaf's freaky. I gotta talk about Olaf. How do we feel about Olaf? So you you said something to me, John. Yeah. Which blew my mind. Okay. There's nothing like line by line. He's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Something something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And I realized it's not the character that I have a problem with. It's not the performance I have a problem with. It's the fact that that character and that performance are in this movie where he just does not fit in. And like once you said that to me, I started noticing the characters don't even really like react <laughs> to what he says <laughs> most of the time. Like, it's like he's not there. Yeah. He's like an imaginary friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a completely inconsequential character. And I kind of just assume he's in there just to, like, you know, sell plush toys and so that the movie can appeal to, like, younger kids. Uh, otherwise, yeah, he's kind of just, just there. It's like, kind of cute. Yeah. I wish they'd given him more of an arc. Now, he does have a goal. His goal is that he wants to experience summer yeah but he can't and he doesn't know that because he's a snowman and he has this song uh in summer i have a a, a memory of of that particular song i don't want to go on a tangent but i will uh so uh in in college me and some friends in the motion picture club wanted to do like a short five minute like musical film mm-hmm. and we'd like come up with a script and i was i feel like we we're st- like still kind of working out i was like i'm not sure if it's gonna work but then someone's like let's hold auditions like people to come in and sing but not like song the song we'd worked on for the movie like they had a choice of either singing uh song from hercules you know like i will go the distance or the song from uh tangled if you're a girl if you're a guy you had to sing the hercules song if you're a girl you had to sing the tangled song and i was like i don't want to do this it sounds incredibly embarrassing but i'll uh, you know at least a dozen people wanted to audition for this right mm. and people did it and people did it and then one girl brought her friend some guy who didn't want to do either song uh-huh. he wanted to do uh this in summer song <laughs> uh and we're like okay uh, do you have music he's like no like okay, well we'll find something on YouTube and then we'll play it through the. Uh, we're like in a, a classroom, but somehow we've rigged it up so we can play it over speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts. Uh, he's like, I, I need the words. And we're like, okay, fine, we'll give you the words. That's fine. <laughs> he goes, you know, and we do that, and we play. Uh, find an instrumental version. He's like, no, no, I can't sing it to the instrumental version. I need to hear the song being sung, and I'll sing along with it. <laughs> so they just play it like that, and it's horrible and he it's clearly like he didn't actually want to do it it's like his his friend she's like oh it'll be funny just do it and i'm like this is the biggest waste of time of my life i want out of here i want to die i now hate this song i just respect the confidence of this guy to keep stretching out this awkward moment it sounds like you gave him a million openings to be like all right well never mind i guess i'm not yeah it's not like he didn't even, he didn't even want to do it do you think we we're gonna choose him what was the point of like, all of this? He could have. You said it's one of these two songs. He says, "I don't want to do those songs. I'm out. Peace out. You can leave there, dude." Yeah, because the whole point was if everyone sings the same songs, you can kind of compare because the songs would be in the style of the kind of songs that would be in the short. Mm-hmm. And granted, he still did pick another Disney song. Well, it sounds like his the the, the girl he's with is like, "Oh, it'd be funny if you sing that song because you're like Olaf." It's kind of a kind of a dweeby kind of guy. A bitter and felt kind of bad for him, but also yeah. he's picked a lot of debates. So I kind of hated him. <laughs> Uh, that movie, uh, that short never got made. So what a waste of time for everybody. But that guy was the biggest time waster. Uh, 
made me hate that song. So I don't know if it's a good song or not because that painful memory. Is this a good song in, in the summer, guys? I mean, it's fine. It's just weird that, like, before that, um, we're introduced to uh, a Kristoff uh, character voiced by Jonathan Groff, who, you know, has, like, a Broadway background and is a good singer, but I would never know because he just sings, like, a little ditty to his reindeer. But then you give Josh Gad this big number to sing, (laughs) and it's fine. I guess I kind of agree with Sean. I wish some of the other actors had gotten to sing more than just Kristen Bell, even though she's a good singer. Yeah, and it's the same thing with her, where at the end of the movie she becomes so passive and she doesn't have any songs because nobody has songs at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, it's just it's a little sloppy. They needed to work on this a little more. It's interesting, too, because it's one of the few Disney movies off the top of my head that I can think of where everyone who's the actor is also their own singer, where if you look at mm-hmm. a lot of those classic 90s movies, sometimes they bring in a different singer, mm-hmm. you know, Mulan or... or um, or Beauty and the Beast or whatever, you know? So it was interesting. They all cast people who are accomplished singers. Uh, not all of them have that big moment, and then it kind of it kind of drops off in the last half, so that's kind of weird. Uh, hey, let, let's talk about Kristoff. Um, we haven't really talked about his, his reintroduction into that the story. That dude's fucking gross. He lets that reindeer slobber all over his carrots, and then he eats them. He has a very intimate relationship with his, his carrot. And Kristoff is from the beginning. He's the, he's the boy. He's uh, with all the guys... The burly men mining for ice, ice. Mine, I don't know what you call that job. Ice fishing, ice. Not ice fishing. No. Ice. I'm going with ice mining. <laughs> I like ice mining. <laughs> ice mining. Uh, so Anna decides to set out and find Elsa. So she has to travel into the cold, and she comes by this kind of funny, quirky little, uh, I guess, like boutique or something out in the snow. Here's a bit of continuity. I remember she rides off on a horse. But then she goes to that shop, and she doesn't have a horse anymore. What happened to that horse? Uh, maybe she ate it. I don't know. <laughs> How long has she been gone? I don't know. It's cold out there, man. Maybe she like cut it open and buried herself inside of it like the Tauntauns. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that's a mini game on the internet, right? If, there's, if, there, if we have games where Elsa pulls her teeth out... There's got to be games where Anna opens up a horse and then puts herself in its in its stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the exact details of that, but yeah, maybe maybe this bottle there. Uh, so she shows up to buy winter gear from this this quirky salesman. Love this character, by the way. This guy, best character in the movie. I don't know what his name is. I think he was just voiced by some story animator or something on the movie. Yeah. Hilarious, because he's like, oh, where's your winter section? He's like, oh, over there. Got a hilarious accent, and it's just like, a coat and boots. That's all they have. Because it's summer. They weren't really ready But that's all she was looking for. Isn't it funny? Yeah, that's all she needed. And uh, this is where she meets um, uh, Kristoff, who uh, sounds like his business is going to take a, a big turn with the fact that uh, people don't need big blocks of ice when the whole world is turned into, or at least this whole island is turned into a frozen wasteland. So he's fucked. And uh, they they cross they cross paths, and somehow she wants to uh, to hire him on as a guide. I, I don't remember the specific details of that interaction. Well, I think it has to do with he's got a cart and stuff, and her horse yeah, he has, he has ran off or whatever that sled. we don't remember. She, I'm telling you, she had to kill it. And yeah. all <laughs> on the side. She needs transportation basically, and he'll, he'll do it. And she's 
rich and a princess. So you know, he'll do it. He's a good. He's a good. He's a good guy. Also, he likes the money, like Han Solo. Yeah, he's Han Solo. He should have been named Hans. I call this character Hans all the time. I always forget his name. Is Chris Sven. Sven. That's what Olaf does. Oh yes, uh, Olaf gets him confused with his reindeer Sven. <laughs> And one of his many hilarious so interactions. You know, there's a couple scenes with uh, Olaf where I, I chuckled a little bit. Yeah. There's that one time early on where they keep asking him questions and he has the same response every time. Just like, why? Why? But the thing is, he has to keep the energy up the whole time. And after a while, I'm just like, oh, I'm a little worn down by this guy. Also, to go back to Olaf, I don't like the design. I don't like it. I don't like how he looks. Yeah, probably could have been a little more integrated with the... The style of the humans because <laughs> he does stick out kind of like a sore thumb as being a little too cartoony though i suppose the trolls are pretty cartoony also i think uh, an improvement i've noticed with what i've seen in the trailer for the sequel is that the humans are very interchangeable in frozen one uh character design wise mm-hmm. like i feel like if you change anna's hair to elsa's hair and then change anna's eye color it's elsa like they, they have the same face. They are sisters, and I, and I feel, and I feel like that's also true of Hans and Kristoff. Like they mm. are basically the same guy, right? With just mm. like those superficial aspects of them change. I feel like Kristoff's a little doughier, <laughs> just a little bit. Well, if you can tell, that's a that's pretty good. Hey, man, that's muscle. <laughs> oh yeah, from, he's a man's man. He's he's Muscle's thick, a bitch. Kristoff's yeah. a man. Yeah, like Kristoff, he's all right. He's, 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 just a, he's just a man doing his trade. He's but a simple man of the snow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, they head out. And uh, the first thing I remember happening, I'm sure it's probably some other stuff in between, uh, is they're chased by wolves. Yeah, bad wolves. And this is pretty scary. And I don't remember most of that scene, <laughs> but somehow it ends up with a cliff. I mean, that's pretty much it. She's, yeah, it's just uh, a fun Anna's like scene. throwing stuff at the wolves. Throwing shit, yeah. Because, I don't know. Whatever, throwing cool. shit. And uh, yeah, there's a cliff and they have to do a sweet jump over it. Um, but the sled doesn't make it. Uh, which leads to a joke that I, I remarked to Sean. is like, that's funny. I didn't laugh. But I, it was funny. <laughs> I respect what they did. Where uh, they, they, they make it across the, the, the cliff, um, the jump. But uh, Christoph's sled falls to the bottom. And then it bursts in flames and he's like oh i just you know paid off it was my just did my last payment on that <laughs> and i just thought that was funny like that it blows up like a car would in a, an action movie and that he's been paying this in installments this big wooden sled over the years <laughs> that's funny so then he's got even more incentive to stick around where he's like well she's like i'll buy you another sled because she's mm. rich she's got the money <laughs> uh so yeah they have to carry on and it seems like this is what surprised me. They get to this ice palace like pretty quick. Like I feel like in a lot of kids' movies, there'd be a way there'd be way more stuff in between. There'd be like maybe you'd meet the trolls would have been introduced at this sequence again or something. I mean, like Olaf that. is introduced at this point. But he, Olaf's introduced once they get to that. Like they're there and he's just no, outside. no, no. They meet him in the valley because then they have to do the the wall climbing. Gag. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The the hilarious gag where uh, I've seen this in a million things. Randa's climbing, and it's like, oh, the air's getting uh, hard, kind of hot, tough up here. And she's like five feet, less than that, off the ground. This movie doesn't have the best jokes. They're, they're, it's mm. a lot of low-hanging fruit. They're okay. There's some, there's some good ones. 
But it's not. I guess that's why they have Olaf, right? He's the funny guy. He's got to have the not the most non sequitur of non sequiturs you'll ever see. It almost reminds me of, uh, you know, Patton Oswalt does that uh, does that joke where he talks about how comedy writers come into um, animated movies and do punch up, where they write jokes that are for characters to yell that aren't on screen. Or, like, if a character's turned away, you know, they'll write a mm-hmm. joke in there and make them blurt out something just try to make the movie more funny. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what, like, Olaf feels like, but that's his, like, his whole character. It's like, he's just the, the jokes that don't really seem to kind of flow with anything. Just kinda, like, Nobody them. laughs at, nobody's like, shut up, Olaf. He kids, just tells kids jokes. Kids probably laugh at it, right? Kids probably like it. No, I'm, I mean, in the, in the continuity of the movie. Oh, in the, yeah, nobody's laughing. Like... My self-esteem. I would stop making jokes if you guys, if I, if I was making jokes and you guys didn't laugh and you didn't, you didn't acknowledge that I was making jokes. If you just like went on with your own conversation, I would stop making jokes real fast. Yeah, let's let's um let's compare this to uh, an immortal classic Shrek, where yeah. anytime Donkey makes a joke, Shrek gets mad at him or yeah. like, it's like you know, shut the fuck up, Donkey. Yeah, shut the fuck up, all that stuff. And that's why that relationship works. Like Donkey's not like that. I think mean, Donkey's funnier. But it's, what's funny is is they're the fact that they're kind of an odd couple relationship. But these, Kristoff and Anna don't really seem to have any kind of relationship with Olaf. He's just some guy who's with them. Oh, I guess kind of knows where to go. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Doesn't really seem like they need his help because they just know they need to go to the top of the mountain. Yeah. All right. And so they get to the there top. There you go. When they get to the top of the mountain and they meet Elsa, movie over, right? It's all good. It should be. Be. But what happens? Would, would this be a ten out of ten movie for you if they get to the top of the mountain and they're like, "We'll, we'll just stay here." <laughs> the movie's like forty minutes long. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like no because there's not enough conflict there. I need a little bit more at the end. <laughs> and then they kill Olaf, and then movie over. They kill. Oh, they kill Olaf. Wow. They do that thing like from it chapter two where they reach in and they like, grab his heart and smush it. <laughs> Everyone holds it together <laughs> like, and they no, smush it. No! Uh, no, so they get to Elsa, and she's like, I gotta, I, I let it go. I can't go back. And Anna's like, bummer, man. And so, <laughs> and so Elsa shoots her again. Yeah, just on, a, on accident. <laughs> no, I don't th- think so. <laughs> she's like, get out of here, I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah. And Anna called her bluff. And it uh, freezes, or starts to freeze her heart. Her precious heart. So now they're like, oh my god, her heart's going to freeze and her hair's going to turn all cool and white yeah. unless we uh, cure her. her. Her hair turns into a video game health meter where you can see how well she's doing by how white her hair is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so obviously they can't they can't reach out to Elsa, so they know they have to uh, they go to the trolls because they're wise. Yeah. And they... Kristoff knows this. Kristoff, yeah. They... Again, it's weird. For, like, I guess the trolls do some magic thing, but it seems like they're mostly there. To, like, They just have like, good heads on their shoulders and they have like good advice. Well, this time we meet them, they sing their fucking stupid song. Their, their fixer-upper song, because uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the cure to this uh, frozen heart is to be kissed by your true love in very fairy tale. I think they fashion. very uh, strategically say uh, an act of true love. Okay. Because they don't want a, a sister-on-sister kiss at the end And of they, the movie. they think, because these two characters, Kristoff and Anna, have arrived together, that they're the... Uh, the couple or, or like he wants they want to fix them up with each other uh-huh. so they sing the song it's like i'm gonna fix it's a fixer upper to fix you up with her 
Uh, these trolls, uh, Sean, you pointed this out, but I've heard people point out before, they feel like DreamWorks characters. It's really weird to see them in this movie. They don't feel like Disney characters for some reason, and I'm not sure why they feel so out of place. Like from the movie Trolls? <laughs> they yeah. look a lot like those guys, or for sure. the yeah. Croods. The Croods. I don't know. I think their design is kind of flat. It's kind yeah. of boring. It's Maybe that's like, is that DreamWorks reputation boring design. <laughs> it's well, it's very exaggerated and not very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. It's it's like they they have a concept of like they're rocks and they have faces. And uh, but they should have done more to integrate. Like they do, they wear grass those grass like tunics. But I would have liked to see like how rocks have moss on it. How some maybe have like moss on parts of their face or or just you're trying to get them mm-hmm. horrifically deformed. <laughs> not horrifically deformed, but like it's like they're almost like rock like a weird mix between like because once they turn into trolls they don't look like rocks anymore mm-hmm. i would have liked to see a more clever integration of how they they disguise themselves as rocks because i think that's kind of interesting or why they disguise themselves as rocks uh maybe that's another thing from either the uh, that's probably they probably don't have trolls in the original story but maybe in something in norwegian mythology i, I it has something to do with uh, the rocks maybe them turning into rocks uh, but they're really forgettable. They all look uh, the same. Uh, the only one that really stands out, I guess, is the the tribe leader, because um, he's played by Siren Hins, so he's got a very serious voice. His name's Gr- Grand Pabby, Troll King. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I hate this part of the movie. I hate their song. I hate their design. I'm like, oh, let's get out of here. Like when I saw this in theaters, and this guy showed up again, it's like, oh god, here we go. This is gonna be. This is the part where I need to go to the bathroom. This is the. Wor- this is gonna be the worst part of the movie. I can already tell. Yeah, but at the same time, we find out that Hans and uh, the Weaseltown mercenaries, yes, have, Duke of Weaseltown, have gone to kill uh, Elsa. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they like, we can't live in this Arctic tundra. I guess the only way to stop it is probably to kill her. So let's gather ye crossbows. <laughs> yeah. And then head out uh, to the snow castle. And they're still doing the uh, the Hans misdirect where he's like, he like stops one of the crossbow guys from shooting Elsa. He's like, no, we got to take her in alive. Yeah. And uh, Elsa's not having this shit. Um, and she makes a snowman monster. Mm-hmm. Which Sean, you called Brad Garrett. Because yeah. it seems like the kind of character that Brad Garrett might voice in a movie like this. It isn't, because uh, it doesn't really even say anything. Yeah, But it seems like it. Could have been. If they had spent a little more time developing the character, they, I bet they could have got him. So, she can make giant ice monsters. Because he's in Ratatouille. Hey, I, I, this is fine. I don't know. Snowman. He falls to his death, but then in the credit stinger, we find out he's alive. Yeah. He's, he got, even he got a happy Well, not, I, not everyone got a happy ending, but he got one. <laughs> Uh, th- I, this is the portion of the movie where I'm like, oh man, let's get to the end. This I don't know. Yeah. S- somehow after they meet Elsa and and they're, they're like, there's oh, there's like 20, 30 minutes left of this movie. Yeah, they already saying let it go. What are we? They saying let it go. They met up with Elsa, and now there's a whole bunch. There's a whole movie left. I'm I'm even having trouble remembering. So is uh, the rest of the movie. An act of true love is going to save Anna. Mm-hmm. So Kristoff's like. I gotta take this bitch back to Emperor Town, <laughs> whatever it's called. Um, I, I, Arian? Ar- 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 Arendel? Ar- Ar- Aaron, Aragorn. Arendel, yeah. Rivendell. And uh, and at the same time, Hans is going back to town because he has captured uh, Elsa. So everybody gets a chance to meet up, but uh, 
misconnections. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elsa's locked in the dungeons, and uh, and then Hans goes and meets up with Anna, and this is the big reveal where Anna's dying, and she's like, "You gotta, you gotta kiss me," and he leans in for a kiss, and he doesn't do it. Turns away right the he's, last, and second. he's like, "You stupid little bitch, you <laughs> fell right for it." Ah, oh, so good great scene ultimate asshole because yeah. like he, he could have just gone about and let her die and carried on his master plan without her ever knowing but he feels like he needs to tell her what his evil plan is gotta glow. just for the satisfaction of seeing her reaction and seeing her heart yeah. seeing her frozen heart broken yeah by this oh. confession he's such a bad man that makes him like one of the worst disney villains <laughs> just because of how much of an asshole he is i can't think of a disney villain that's more of an asshole he has nothing to gain. You're right. Absolutely nothing to gain from telling her his plan except for the satisfaction. Yeah, and he just leaves there. Oh, fuck this guy. But where's his villain song? Where was his villain song? Should he have I mean, sung a song where he's like throwing her lip body around and making fun of her? Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, but he loves you. sings with uh, Anna is a villain song. In retrospect. I guess that's true. Because he's like deceiving her. Into thinking that she's in love with him. Okay. Yeah, that's true. God, I hate him so much. Yeah, well, I guess I should say what his master plan is. Uh, he he wanted to make one of the sisters fall in love with him because he's so far down the line of succession in his own kingdom um, that he, he realized he needed to take over another kingdom. And so I guess the plan was marry one of them and then kill... Uh, if he marries Elsa, kill Elsa and become king. Or if he marries Anna, kill both Elsa and Anna and become king. Right. Uh, yeah. I need someone to help me get to the end of this movie. This is a, this is a I can't. This is a flurry. This is a snowstorm of of scenes. All right, Colin. This is your episode. I can't really remember either. <laughs> oh come on! It's so easy. Let's just talk what? about the climax. What's the climax? Elsa uses her powers to get out of her chain. She goes out and she's running away. Uh, But Anna sees this happening and so she starts to follow. And Kristoff sees what's going on so he heads back into town. And Hans is like so close to achieving his plan so he's trying to kill Elsa. And they run out on the frozen lake and they like sort of fight. Not really. It's not cool. Um, but there's a lot of like sneaking around going on too and uh, Hans goes to kill Elsa by sneaking up on her Uh, but Anna is able to uh, she has a choice she's caught in the middle between Kristoff uh, and and Elsa and she Mm -hmm. knows that Kristoff is coming back because he loves her so Mm -hmm. she has a chance to save herself and go you know get her true love kiss or save Elsa and she chooses to save Elsa so she intercepts the uh, the attack from Hans and blocks it, and she turns to solid ice, and that breaks his sword, uh, which makes sense. Ice is hard. Sure. I have no problem with that. Okay. Uh, it's it's cool. She's all like frozen in place, um, and and Elsa's like, oh, wow, this is really sad, and then she immediately becomes unfrozen because uh, it was uh, it was an, a selfless act of sisterly love, so. Those two love each other so much that she's able to thaw out, and that also just starts thawing everything. And so they, they, I think Anna punches Hans, and he falls in the water after it melts. 
Yeah. See, it's pretty straightforward stuff. I feel like Hans deserved more of a classic Disney villain death. Uh, like a longer fall into something spiky. Yeah, there's some pretty grisly ones. It's usually a fall, or in the case of Tarzan, a hanging. <laughs> a fall, yeah. <laughs> fall and hanging. How does the bad guy die in Rescuers Down Under? Is it he falls off a waterfall? Yeah, he's like trying to swim against the current of a waterfall. I think. But what happens to Joanna? Does Joanna make it? I think Joanna makes it. Joanna, George C. Scott, as the, the villain in that. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, uh, in, in Atlantis, uh, James Garner turns into some sort of stone monster man, and then he falls. It's very scary. <laughs> but I'm uh, always going to go with Ursula, because she gets stabbed by a fucking ship. It's pretty cool. Colin, have you seen The Little Mermaid? Not recently. Did you know that Ursula gets stabbed by a ship? I mean, you said that, and I was like, yeah, that sounds right. I mean, Gaston gets stabbed, but not by a ship. By a ship? A whole yeah. ship? You kidding me? That's, that's a lot. You could probably kill Godzilla with a ship if you stabbed him with it. You know what? Scar's death is pretty gnarly. He gets eaten alive. He gets eaten alive by his friends. But still, getting stabbed by a sh- Like, how many people in your life do you know that have been stabbed by a ship? By a whole ship. <laughs> like, people in reality are hung. People in reality are probably eaten alive by animals. But to be fantastically impaled in the front of a ship... It's a good way to go. A whole front of a ship. <laughs> a big old old timey like old timey ship. Mm-hmm. With sails and everything. Yeah, a classic ship. A classic ship. <laughs> ship classic. Uh, but no, Hans is is not killed. Uh, they they take him back on one of the boats, and they're like, "Oh, wait till your brothers have at you!" And they put him in like a in a cage. Yeah, yeah so they're implying the a, a scar death where he's eaten alive by his. <laughs> I skin. guess his brothers are gonna beat him alive to death. I'm not really <laughs> sure what's gonna happen there. What are they gonna do? What they're gonna do is they're gonna allude to him being up to something in the second one, and then the third one he comes back, and that one they'll kill him. Okay, so if there's a if there's a frozen three, you think Hans is coming? Back? If there's a frozen three, I'll take those odds. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, it's F R O Z three N. Well, are they doing a two Z thing for this one? Or is that too confusing? That's too confusing. I think they're doing a, a Roman numeral two. For yeah, this one. you can't do Fro two N. Fro two N. Uh, but yeah, happy ending. All the ice is gone. Elsa's finally learned how to control her powers. Anna likes Kristoff. Uh, Olaf gets to enjoy summer because the hair is also makes like a little cloud that follows him around with a little mm-hmm. snowfall so he can mm-hmm. enjoy it. And I guess he's friends with uh, Sven because they're both just the. Oh, yeah. Sven's been trying to eat Olaf's nose because Sven's the only one that's aware that Olaf exists. He wants that <laughs> carrot. He wants that carrot. And he sucks it up at one part, but then he gives it back. Gives it back to him. Because they're friends. He's really okay with drooling on things that are other people's. <laughs> Well, he's a reindeer. He's a fucking gross reindeer. Also, <laughs> we looked it up. He's voiced by Frank Welker, who also voices the reindeers in the movie The Santa Claus. He's a pro, man. As far as I know, reindeers sound totally different from what I think they sound like, because all I know is what Frank Welker sounds like <laughs> doing You guys remember that movie Prancer? I do not know that movie Prancer. It's like a reindeer movie from the 90s where, like, I want to say it's like Sam Elliott, or yeah, I think it's Sam Elliott, where it's like a family movie where they find a deer and they think it's one of Santa's reindeer. Why would they think that? It has like magic. Uh, That's a pretty good reason to think that. It can like fly. That's a pretty good reason, right? Yeah. 
It's not her flubber. Uh, let's, I'm trying to see if Frank Welker uh, contributed the reindeer sound to this. I can't find it. It's hard it. to look that sort of stuff up. He must have like the most like complicated um, IMDb. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Because, like, how many do you count as, like, actual acting performances, and then how many are probably, like, additional sound or (laughs) miscellaneous crew? Frank Welker does do the reindeer and prancer. (laughs) Special vocal effects by Frank Welker. He is is the go-to guy in the industry. And this is, we're talking about a span of over 20 years. Probably, he's probably doing it, because he's been voice acting since the 60s. He's probably been doing it that long. He's probably for 50 years... Your go-to actor to do reindeer voices has been Frank Welker. Here's my question. Is D. Bradley Baker or Frank Welker Abu? Frank Welker's Abu. It's got to be one of those two. D. Bradley Baker's more of a recent addition to the the world of uh, of voice work, I I, I think. Frank Welker, even... I just saw a trailer the other day. They're making a new Scooby-Doo movie, an animated one, Uh called Scoob. Frank Welker is (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Did he originate... The Scooby-Doo part? Has he always been Scooby-Doo? No, what's crazy is Frank Welker was the voice of um, Fred. Oh, It's like his most prominent non-animal character that he's ever, like aside from Megatron, uh-huh. is that he was, and he's done it for so long. He's done him as recently as a couple years ago. And he's not doing Fred? No, because they're doing it like, oh, Zac Efron's going to be Fred. <laughs> they got they got Zac Efron as Fred, Will Forte as Shaggy. What? You seem really shocked by that one. <laughs> we already found the perfect Shaggy. Why are we recasting Shaggy? Why are um, we doing this, John? I'm trying to remember who else is in it. I think Gina Rodriguez is uh, is Velma, and uh, and Amanda Seyfried is uh, is is uh, is Daphne. Maybe we'll pick that at some point in the time. But we got to finish talking about Frozen. Uh, yeah, happy ending. Pretty much the storybook ending you would uh, expect for this kind of movie. No real surprises. And it's that. There you go. Is Matthew Lillard dead or something? No. You're really you're really torn apart by the fact that he's not Shaggy. It's like all he's got going for him is he's so good as Shaggy. I mean, also it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like, who gives a shit who who's doing the voice? Why not just do someone who's good at it? Uh, not not to go too uh, off topic here, but uh, something that I do like uh, looking through the cast list um, through the Scooby movie is they have. <laughs> Other classic Hanna-Barbera characters, such as the Blue Falcon. <laughs> Is that what you're laughing at, Sean? <laughs> I thought you were like trying to get us back on track. We're doing such a disservice to Frozen. Hold on. Hold on. Blue Fal- you guys remember Blue Falcon, the Hanna-Barbera character? You sure. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> also, oh, so two more, two more. This movie also has Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman. Tracy Morgan. <laughs> He's got it. And probably my favorite... Thing in history. Wow. Dick Dastardly is in this movie. Okay. And he's Jason Isaacs, Draco Malfoy's dad. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see Dick Dastardly in a movie next year, guys. In the Scooby movie, alongside Mark Wahlberg and Tracy Morgan as other Hanna-Barbera. We're getting into the Hanna-Barbera universe. This, that's what it's for, right? It's going to set up the Blue Falcon movie. It's going to set up the Captain Caveman movie. It's going to set up Wacky Racers. How can we have not got the Wacky Racers movie? Oh my god, how have we not gotten it? I'm just, it, I, there's a gold mine here, man. Though then again, even if all these movies came out, I don't think they're going to do half as good as Frozen 2. <laughs> yeah, can we have a Frozen 2 predictions part? Or did you want to talk about something else about Frozen 1? 
Colin, I'm asking you. I don't think so. I guess we didn't really touch on Colin since you hadn't seen it. Did it live up to your expect? Like, did it... Going in, like, is it better than you thought it was going to be? Is it worse? Is it about exactly what you thought it was going to be? I think it was about as good as I was expecting. Maybe a little better. I mean, it's very hard to gauge things that are very popular because a lot of the time things that are very popular are pretty mediocre (laughs) yeah Um, or or just you know that hype uh fucks up your expectations yeah makes it hard to enjoy it and i i don't think the hype ruined it for me because i just I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting it to blow my mind, even though, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, it is the kind of uh, pop culture phenomenon that's like kind of beloved in addition to being pretty popular. It's not just like a thing that everybody saw and moved on with their lives. Um, it's still a thing that like little kids are watching over and over again. Um, well, I think post Shrek, right? Uh, what other animated musicals had songs that people actually like really, really liked? There, there weren't many. It I really feels like Frozen came out of nowhere and was like, "Hey, we're a, we're a full on musical where we got like an EGOT winner to write the songs, and they're actually catchy and memorable uh, and inspiring." Um, and, and that, more than anything else, makes this. I think movie better than uh, than the individual parts that make it up. Otherwise, <laughs> although I also want to give it credit for uh, flipping the script on the fairy tale tropes, as far as uh, the wicked sister and the like, love at first sight thing. Yeah, I think it it probably appeals to you know modern girls in in that way, in that it is. It's about a sister relationship. The, the the men in it aren't really the focal point. Um, I think I read somewhere, probably on the Wikipedia, that it's like a movie that was huge in Japan with Japanese girls, which is like a huge market. And also was kind of the reason that Titanic was such a huge like worldwide <laughs> smash was like Japanese girls and I'm assuming other teenage girls all over the world too really like it and that's a market that i don't know that movie studios are going for all the time and i guess that's also a reason why some movies will become big hits that seem to come out of nowhere is they just tap into a market that uh movie studios aren't aren't going for consistently which kind of seems to usually be like teenage boys basically white teenage boys Right, that well, that well goes dry from time to time. Yeah, sometimes you gotta. Every, gotta... Doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes you gotta let go and, and do something like this. Uh, but yeah, like uh, as much as we picked apart the movie, I do, I do like it. It's, it's, it's like, it's great. Yeah, like, like as we were saying, great music, animation's really good, looks great. Um, one thing I liked about watching it, it was just really get me in the Christmas mood. Yeah, it's got really great oh, yeah. Christmas vibes. It's got because I think it's just like the design of their their kingdom and the village and just all the snow. It's just really pretty. Yeah. It's just festive. It's a festive yeah. movie. I mean, it's also um, always hard to find uh, 
any winter movies that aren't Christmas movies. There are a few, but that's nice too. Or or winter movies that aren't about like grim survival. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's nice, and I guess it got me a little excited for that for Frozen Two. Frozen Two, I feel like it's been getting a lot of um, hype. People getting really hyped for it just because it looks more like a fantasy action adventure movie than like a Disney musical. That first teaser trailer was amazing, <laughs> like no doubt about it. One of the best trailers of all time. Yeah, uh, so cool seeing her like run out. She's trying to run away from the waves or run up the waves and freezing stuff and there's giants and anna has a sword that she just takes out of christoph's uh sheath super cool it's like taking his penis off and now she has it nice (laughs) and there's like leaves blown around which uh, to me uh it was my 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 boldest frozen two prediction uh is that it's it won't be a trilogy it'll be a a quadrilogy and they're gonna do movies about the elements and so they've done water, and this next one's going to be about Earth. And then we're going to get, uh, you know, probably fire next. I thought you were going with, you know, with seasons. The four seasons also works. The fall and winter and the spring and summer. Yeah. But, but does this, it feels more like fall than spring, don't you think? The new one feels like fall, yes. But after winter comes spring. They have to do them in a different order. Does it matter? Gotcha, gotcha, I mean, gotcha. this is this is assuming that they're going to follow this theory you've just come up with. I, who knows what wavelength they're on? I mean, I you know. could make the case that the first Frozen is a summer movie. <gasps> You're right. They're uh, it's frozen over. They're messing with your expectations for what a summer movie is. So we're going to get like ultimate winter. That'll be yeah. the last one. Yeah. It's just going to be. It's just so white. Can't see anything. <laughs> It's like you talk about movies are so dark you can't yeah. see anything. It's gonna be so white you can't so see anything. Can't see anything. <laughs> Not a lot of people so of color in this cast, so. <laughs> so yeah, I'm mildly interested in Frozen too, just because I think the advertising's done a good job of being like, this is a new thing. This is special. We're, we're trying. We're mixing it up. Do you think Anna is gonna start getting powers? Ooh. Uh, I'm assuming yes. it's a it's a given that they're exploring yes, the I origin do. of Elsa's powers. Is there another um, princess character in this that has fall powers or something? I can't remember if there's another character. Well, maybe there's something like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's the kind of movie where Anna, like, like in the crucial moment near the movie, uses a power that she develops oh. to save the day. Maybe it's fire. Well, if she's got a super lame power like heart. We're doing Captain Planet powers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one's pretty bad. So hopefully did, not that. Do we ever get to the bottom of what heart means? Does it just mean you have got a lot of heart? Yeah. What could the uh, heart planetier do? Could he like change? Like, can he like take a like a mad tiger and then make it your friend? And yeah. Then could he talk to animals? animals? I feel like they use it most to like, get animals on their side. Like we're we're buddies. Could you talk heart. I mean, that's not so, so bad. It's like. Empathy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, is it just empathy or can you literally talk to animals? I think it's just empathy. Okay. But if you had a choice of shoot fire at someone or you could talk to animals, wouldn't you choose talk to animals? For me, yeah, because I don't see the practicality in the modern age of being able to shoot fire out of my hands. <laughs> out of your ring. Well, I okay. mean, out of my what ring. if you're really bad at making fires? 
to the point where your dad makes fun of you. Well, <laughs> look, look. We've everything takes effort. You'd probably be bad at talking to animals too. You probably accidentally say some pretty offensive stuff to animals. Yeah. A lot of accidentally animally like racially charged things in the animal community. We don't know their world. We don't know their world. It's yeah. All I know is from what I saw in Zootopia. Another movie I think I like better than this one. It's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Of recent year. And there's a lot of uh, dark internet uh, stuff for that movie too. But <laughs> yes, there is. Unfortunately, because we live in a very perverse, tw- twisted age. <laughs> I mean, with that movie, it seemed inevitable. Yeah, Frozen's a Animal little surprising. <laughs> and what it is is just so surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, John. <laughs> oh, I, there's way worse. Like, help Elsa deliver a baby. You know, like pull the baby out. Wait, wait, wait. Is she helping a third person? No, you're like, you're using your, 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 like, your browser, your cursor to like... To get a baby out, out of her? Or something like that. Yeah. Who, who's the baby? Is it Olaf? Uh, I hope not. I feel like somebody did a segment on this. I want to say it was like John Oliver. Somebody once did like a whole segment about this these scary the scary trend i assume a lot of them are made in like russia <laughs> oh god uh so after you finish the podcast don't look into that yeah don't, don't even you're not Google anything find when you find these weird frozen games we did it we talked about frozen yeah uh, that's it uh, shall we move on to next week's pick who's going? i'm ready uh unless is there john's goof this week uh-oh seems really hard with animated animated movie i'm going i'm going to the imdb for frozen not to be confused with the uh, another movie called frozen about people trapped Uh, in a ski lift lift. (laughs) i remember that i've also seen and i enjoy that that's a classic um you know the uh amazon movie reviews twitter account where they (laughs) post uh funny reviews of movies from amazon the the store not from amazon prime yeah uh, there's a lot of funny like I showed this to my kids and it's the other Frozen movie okay guys here's John's goof in Let It Go Elsa refers to her ice magic as frozen fractals although the concept of fractals has been known since the 17th century the actual word fractal wasn't coined until 1975 and thus nobody in Frozen's time period would have known it why are we to assume we Wait. know what time period this takes place in is Rivendell a real place? Arendell, Sean. Is Aragorn a real place? Well, according to this person, it wasn't, because 21 out of 60 people found this interesting. I mean, that's not bad. That's a failing grade. But... It's the top goof on the goof section of IMDb. Maybe I should have gone um, to the plot kind of section. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a nerd goof. Uh, how about if Anna spent her whole life inside the castle, it would be unlikely that she would have her own... She would have her own horse or know how to ride one. Okay, that not worded very well, but uh, we don't know what she's doing all that time. Yeah, they had, they had a lot of really big rooms. She already riding a horse around the house. We had an episode where we just debunk all these all these goofballs on IMDb, goofing around. <laughs> these aren't good goofs. I don't like speculative goofs. <laughs> are, are, are we to believe? Uh, not a plot hole. I want to be, you know, in this scene, the window was open, and then in the next shot, the window is closed, and then the, the shot after that, the window was open again. Now, that's a goof. None of this bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, uh, my pick for next week is also a Disney Plus movie 
it's one I've been talking about seeing for a long time. I know it's a controversial pick, and I, uh, and the good thing is I have the power of the pick, so you guys have to watch it. And so my pick for next week is Tron. <sighs> <laughs> I don't care, you guys. Power of the pick. Power of the pick. Yeah, for sure. Now you can finally know, Sean. Power of the pick. Sean and I tried to watch this as kids. I thought it was boring and was like, let's turn it off. I watched this movie later as an adult, and I was like, this is boring. I can barely make it through this, and now I'm going to have to do it again. <laughs> we should have watched the new Tron with Daft Punk music. That's the one I want to see. I'm going to watch it too, John. Don't worry. We can't spend multiple weeks watching Tron movies. <laughs> well. I got some time off coming up. It will be interesting. Tron is an interesting movie. I'm sure it's a pretty interesting it movie. It sounds like our names. Sean, John, Tron, yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's got a future superstar Bruce Bruce Boxleitner. Bruce Boxleitner. He's just like, here's a box. It's some guy, Jeff Bridge something. He's known. Yeah. Bruce Boxleitner. Bruce Boxleitner. Boxleitner. What's his name? Bruce Boxleitner. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I mean, we're gonna have some fun saying that name next week. We're not gonna. We're just gonna call him Tron. <laughs> is he Tron? He is Tron. I can't wait to find out what Tron Boy's name is. Anyway, take us home, call. <laughs> uh, you know, if you didn't enjoy this, just just let it go. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>